All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and hosts, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from first shift, and let's go chat. See if that works too. We'll see if that works. We'll see if all these things come together in the end. What's up, guys? Chris here from Four Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. Thanks for coming back. Background's a little bit different. We're in a studio. We're in a podcast studio. Something had to happen eventually. I've been going around and around in my brain about do I want to build a shed, go to a studio, um... I'm sure I had other options. I can't remember what they are. Oh, okay. At one point, I wanted to buy a 16-foot RV, like an old canned ham style. That's what they're called, like an old Shasta camper. I still want to do that, make that into a podcast studio I can have and move around and take the department, stuff like that. I looked at landscaping trailers to see if that was a good option because some of them are seven feet tall. or Yeah, seven feet tall on the inside, I think. Um, so you could build that out into a podcasting trailer. But then I looked locally, and there's a co-working space about a mile and a half away from my fire station and they just put in a podcast room which i'm in now podcast room probably a year ago and uh one of the only shows in here so i'm hopefully i'm going to talk to him and see if i can like move some stuff around kind of put some different background behind but whatever anyways we're here we're away from nathan and sawyer which is was the big reason for doing this i mean with him just home in the summer and sawyer just being herself even if katie's keeping them on the other side of the house and I'm in the garage, there's always the threat he's going to come running in. There's always the threat. It's distracting. And then what would happen is like, now I'm going to be able to do this, go out to the common area and uh, edit and post it same day, hopefully before I would have to record it and then put it away for a few days and then go back and edit it and put it away for a day and then post it and do all the other stuff. And then it'd be like the night before. So hopefully this streamlines it way too much information. Katie would tell me I'm boring you. I'm sorry, but that's where we are. We're in the podcast studio today. Um, also brings up another point, begging for money, which I don't love doing, but it's kind of a necessity with this whole podcast thing and business thing. Um, this thing costs money <laughs> being in the studio. So if you'd like to support the show, if you want to offset some of the cost, there's a button on the website, uh, I'm sorry, on my website, on the uh, show page, on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it says, direct, it says support the show directly. And it's the buy me a coffee button. And that's just a button that you can donate money to the show. And uh, I appreciate it because it goes towards offsetting costs of studio time. Um, it does go to coffee a lot. I made the mistake of scheduling my recording today when my favorite coffee shop in, in town is closed on Monday, Tuesday. Big mistake. Ordinarily, I'd have coffee here drinking water like a square. But um, anyways, anyways, today I want to talk about uh, the 14-ish, the 14-ish wrap-up. Before I do that, though, where's my phone? Before I do that, I asked you guys to submit some dad jokes yesterday in honor of 
Father's Day. And, uh, dude, uh, so a couple um, episodes ago, I can't remember which one it was. I was like, man, I want to grow the show. I feel bad. The audience is small. Um, you know, I feel like at three years in or whatever to doing this, it should be bigger. So stupid. It was so stupid. I listened back. I hated it because let me tell you something. Here's where the rubber meets the road is where when I ask for dad jokes and you guys deliver, okay? That is where the community shines through. That's where the value of the small community comes through to me because you guys delivered. I should have taken a, a, a screenshot of all of them so I can compile them, but here's what I have. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One person said, whenever my kid says, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, or whatever, I say, hi, I'm hungry, or hi, I'm thirsty, I'm dad. Classic. Classic dad joke. Works every time. Stifles them. I love it. Other one uh, is, hey, did you hear about the guy that evaporated? He will be missed. I mean, God, dude. What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing. Just waved. I love these things, man. I love them. Uh, And then somebody said, anything doc talk. Doc talk. Doc talk. I had to look at it. So I said, hey, send me what that is. I don't understand. You probably know what it is. It's the two guys sitting on the dock in what looks like Alaska, and they're telling dad jokes back and forth to each other. Got to thank that person because it basically tied up another 45 minutes of my time scrolling through their entire timeline of looking at dad jokes. But absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, Thank you for submitting them. Submit more if you got them. Uh, Nothing better than a dad joke. All right. Today is the official last day, day 14, of the 14-ish, not too difficult, that Katie and I were doing. This was a completely different look than the last time. Last time we did it, um, I wrote it down, was between a Florida camping trip and a Door County camping trip in May and June. So we spent 10 days in, well, the trip was 11 days total. took two days to get down, stayed there for whatever, two or three days to get back. And when you go camping, it's not like it's a... It's me and Katie and the kids. We're not getting hammered every night. It's not like a frat party every day, but it's much more acceptable for some reason. It's like when you go to uh, any vacation or a resort, it's okay to start drinking at nine o'clock in the morning. We have to limit ourselves because of the kids, but we drink way more on the camping trips and when we're traveling than we do just when we're hanging out at home. So long trip in Florida, lots of opportunity to drink and go out to dinner and stuff like that. And then we had a two week off time or down period before our trip to Door County, which all we had heard about was like a wine tasting, breweries, all this stuff, right? So at that time, we were like, we should take two weeks and do this 14th thing where we just get back to what we typically try to do. Eat smart, not be a dumb dumb, not drink as much as we can every day. Um, and it was nice. It was really nice. We kind of dried out for two weeks, worked out every day, um, limited our snacking. Everything went well. We felt better. We were getting ready for like swimsuit season, you know. Uh, on the beach and all that worked really well this time was a really different one it was really weird because we did it later in the summer okay so it's later weather's nicer um we haven't taken as many trips this year not as many camping trips so it's not like we've been binging for lack of a better word binging on camping trips and then coming down and binging and coming down last year i took a vacation day next to every kelly day and we went away every single month for two three four days more than two three four five days on the camping trip but come home for a few much less, many less trips this year. So it's not like we're hitting these highs of drinking where we feel like we need to take a break from it. So it made, made us really address like um, our daily routine and how far off our daily routine might be from what we want it to be because we didn't have the emphasis or like the huge motivation going into this one, but we knew like, okay, it's, it's time to like 
get our heads wrapped around what our routine is. Uh, so it might have been the weather. It might have been the environment. I think it was timing, not being between the two trips necessarily. Uh, but here's the thing. So my three my three objectives for the 14-ish were uh, don't eat after 8 o'clock, which was not a big deal. I tell you what that did do. It made me eat a lot before 8 o'clock because I was like, if I can't eat after 8 o'clock, I want to make sure I'm not hungry after 8 o'clock. So I ate a lot more during the day. But I also ate a lot more of like the stuff I should have eaten, like more dinner, the dinner that we prepared and is good for us. Eat more dinner instead of not eating as much dinner because you know you want ice cream later. So that helped out. The other thing was exercise every day. I missed a few days. And then some of the days on shift were lackluster. What that did, though, is that got us back to the basics. When I was at work or at home, if it was a day that Katie didn't want to work out or it was late in the day and we didn't get it done yet, we fell back on giant volume. So like sets of 100 or like not sets of 100, 100 squats, 100 push-ups, 100 lunges, stuff like that. Um, simplified the workouts a lot because uh, we know we got to do something. We may not have a ton of time, so let's simplify it as much as possible. Um did build a little bit of consistency because there was that looming thing every single day out there. So it did get us back on track more or less with being active and working out. But we really started like just the simplified workouts, like getting back to the fundamental movements and doing a lot of them. And we were both surprised how sore we were after doing uh, 100 squats, 100 push-ups, uh, 50 split squats on each leg and 100 skydivers. It was tough. It took 15-ish minutes, you know, and you got out of breath and you were tired but you're never like locked up and defeated. And then afterwards you're like, what? My legs are killing me. Like the next day it was very shocking uh, compared to how we usually work out. Such a deviation from it, but lots of volume. So anyways, the hardest part was the alcohol. No drinking for 14 days. We had two planned days in there we were going to drink. One was at a pool party on whatever last Friday. And then the other one was two days ago for my niece's 16th birthday. That was another date night. We were leaving the kids at home, going to my brother's house, and then going out afterwards. We had two planned days in there. But the hard part was the day-to-day, at the end of the day, don't have a drink. Um, I'm not a big afternoon drinker. Alcohol to me is like a switch that flips. Like as soon as I have a beer, no matter what time of the day, that day is productivity is done. Productivity is done. There's not a workout happening. I'm probably not going to go play sports like hockey or anything like that. I'm not going to want to run around in the yard with Nathan. I'm definitely not building anything or fixing anything around the house. It's like day's over. That's what the signal of alcohol gives me. Katie likes to drink in the afternoon. <laughs> that sounds really bad when I say it. There's a point in the afternoon um, when the kids are playing in the pool or whatever, screwing around 4.30, 5 o'clock. The day's winding down. They're sick of us, sick of structured place. So they're doing independent stuff. They're playing with each other or they're just doing their own thing, wandering around looking for sticks to eat. There's a, a lull in the day right before dinner, right around making dinner that like, you sit back, you can take a breath, and you're like, hey, a drink might be okay right now. Like, it might be might be nice to have a little drink right now. That's kind of Katie's zone. I'm much more after kids' bedtime, we're going to watch Selling Sunset, and I'm going to have some tequila and chill out. Because that, that to me, signifies the end of the day. It's all over. It's all done. Have a drink, one or two, and you're all done, right? So that was really tough. Um, getting back to the 14-ish, that was really tough, breaking that, because there's no reason not to have one or two drinks. Um Besides, it's not good for you and it doesn't help you sleep and also throws off a bunch of stuff, makes you, makes you gain weight. Uh, but we also didn't see, since we were drinking at such a low volume, but a consistent low volume, we didn't have like a profound difference in how we felt. 
so the third day of not drinking, it's not like we woke up refreshed or like, oh, I slept great. Nathan still comes in the room one to two times a night, wakes up Katie. She still felt tired. Um, I never drink enough to like, I'm not drinking to pass out or like, you know, I'm not drinking out of that motivation. So I never get drunk. So I never pass out and then wake up um, at three o'clock in the morning anymore. We'll get into that uh, with, with, uh, racked with guilt and shame. Talk about that soon. But, uh, so it wasn't like this profound thing. What we did notice was whether it was a combination of not eating and not drinking or whatever, probably three or four or five days in, we both saw a little bit more muscle definition. Um, like this area here started to like be more defined. So you didn't build muscle obviously in three, four, five days, but the muscles you had looked a little bit better. Uh, we both noticed we were a little, I mean, like maybe a tiny bit less puffy overall. Like my face is very sensitive to salt and also whatever. Um, and I'll wake up in the morning looking like a, a 1950s baseball mitt, dude. It is brutal. But over the course of four to six hours, it usually returns to its regular level of ugly and puffy and leather Muppet looking. But uh, but yeah, dude, um, what was I saying before all that? I don't know. It wasn't a profound difference. So it was even harder not to just have that drink in the, at night. I'm kind of rambling on with this one. But um, let me see here. Other 14-ish. I don't know. I'm losing my I'm losing my train of thought. This is one of those ones where I also want to get to my relationship with alcohol. I think it's important for the fire service. So I'm going to kind of wrap up the 14-ish thing because losing my thought, don't want to find it. In any case, a handful of people are at the midway point now, day six, seven, eight of the 14-ish. Um, I hope you guys are liking it. Thank you so much for trying it. And here's the thing. If you want to try it, just do it. It's 14 days loose, okay? Very casual. You pick out two or three things two or three things that you're already doing kinda and just do them better for the next 14 days. Nothing earth shattering. We're not doing the whole 30. We're not doing 75. Pretend to be hard. We're just doing for 14 days. Pay attention. It's short enough to keep your attention and to actually stick to long enough where after two weeks, you might see some appreciable changes or feel some differences. So maybe you want to continue it for the rest of the month and then maybe two months and then then maybe stop. But um, yeah, give it a shot. 14 days, not too difficult. I'll put the the graphic up again on my instant Instagram, my social media. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to join up, I'm going to keep reposting people who tag me in it as they're going through it. We got some really cool goals out there. Some people have no sweets, no ice cream. Um, they have reps of stuff, 100 push-ups, 100 squats per day. Uh, one guy has 130 grams of protein total, or at least that's an awesome goal. That's a fantastic goal. And we should definitely talk about that uh, protein requirements and also considerations in the future. So really good stuff, really good stuff. I love you guys for doing it. Thank you. That's another point where the small community is coming through is that I know exactly who is doing it. I know you all by name and by face, and I, I love it. So thank you so much. Okay, let's get on to um, alcohol. Let's get back to alcohol, okay? Because it's something that, as I said, as we were going through it, it made me really question, like, as we were starting to watch Selling Sunset or uh, Episode 3 of the Vanderpump Reunion, I was like, yeah, I could, I want to have a drink right now. And then, uh, I didn't have it. And then I was like, why do I want that drink so bad? It should just be another thing that another fluid that I do or don't drink throughout the day. It should be like liquid IV or it's like, well, it's nice to have in like an extreme circumstance or whatever. Not, I mean, different, but same, but I don't need it. Like I can just drink water. Right. Or any of the mildly flavored seltzer waters that are out there now, like you can have it and it's good and it's fine. It's, 
in addition to water, but if you don't have it, you're fine with just water. But alcohol, it's like, I want to drink. Now I shouldn't have one. Well, why? Like, I want one. It has a little more volition behind it, like a little more com- compelling nature behind to to go get a drink. And I don't love that because I don't love making things into my personality. Um, there's that, like, meme out there of, like, at the age of 30 or 40, uh, every male will turn his personality in one thing it's like the lawn the grill a smoker and cars or something like that right um i don't love that because i don't know i just don't love that i coffee is probably the closest thing to that for me um i mean i have a thing called buy me a coffee button and i frequently talk about it but if i was done drinking coffee or i couldn't drink coffee anymore i wouldn't feel like less of a person and so i don't like tying my personality to these extra things so when I had that much of a stumbling block of like, I don't drink any tequila tonight. And I was like, but I want to. And I put up such a mental fight against it. Like, I didn't love that. So it made me think like, well, what is my relationship with alcohol now? And this isn't going to be like a in-depth thing. I'm going to go through what it was, which I think what a lot of our relationships with alcohol used to be, maybe, or still are, depending on who you are. Um, in my 20s, playing hockey as a young firefighter, young part-time guy, then young full-time guy. Alcohol is like, the linchpin it really really does keep it all together um it's ever present it's it's always there it's the common thread it's social it's um you know relationship building it's problem solving a lot of ways it's a true common between a lot of people's youth from a legal age or likely not likely not um but it's one of those things that's always there and i grew up in a household that was pretty judgmental about it um lots of judgment around people who drank into drugs and all that and i get it i mean i get it more now as a parent i understand the hard stance against it hoping that if you take a hard stance and your kid rebels they'll rebel to a regular level of stance like i understand that idea behind it i also grew up in the dare generation like i remember my dare officer from uh grade school and middle school um so that was kind of the feelings around alcohol like uh, if you need it or if you do it too much, you're a bad person. Um, there's shame and guilt to be associated with it. And I tell you what, eh, that's how I felt. And growing up, you know, attending Catholic things, the guilt, man, the guilt is real. So when I was in my 20s and I was drinking and doing my thing, man, I would always hit it hard, party. Um, I was one of those people who were fortunate or cursed enough that for some reason I never really got like a debilitating hangover. It was never like a thing where I was knocked down for a day. I'd be, I'd be sleepy for the first couple hours, but it's time to go do stuff. So, um, for whatever reason, that wasn't a huge factor in, in drinking, but I would always go to sleep, hit, hit it hard, not really pass out, whatever, go to sleep, wake up within four or five hours and be one of two things, hyper or riddled with guilt and shame, because I know that because I drank alcohol, I did or said, or something happened that was embarrassing, stupid, shameful, something, even if nothing did likely nothing did but I still had those feelings associated with with it and uh, that was rough dude because I I was having fun I was having fun with my friends I was having fun with my coworkers, having fun with Katie we would go out drink do our thing nothing bad would happen no confrontations no embarrassing things no matter what though I'd wake up with this just terrible terrible like feeling of shame and remorse because I drank and then I got to the point where I was like well I'll drink a little bit then same feelings, same, same up three, four, five in the morning, can't go to sleep, super hyper or super anxiety riddled. Um, 
So I was like, well, if I drink two beers and that happens or 10 beers and that happens, why not just drink 10 beers and have fun? You're going to feel guilty and like a terrible person anyways. Go for it. So I did that. But then I got to the point, this is kind of the natural progression I think a lot of us fall into. I got to the point where I'm with Katie for a long time, still longer time. Just kidding. Love you. With Katie for a long time at the time. And nothing really new was happening going out. Like going out with the same people to the same place, um, drinking the same thing. It just gets to a point where like, well, this, okay, that did it. Like that was awesome. That ran its course. Nothing new is happening. It's not novel anymore. Not really that stimulating. I feel not physically terrible, but mentally destroyed every time I wake up in the morning. Um, so let's just move on from this. So then now my relationship with alcohol is much more social, uh, much more infrequent because I still have those, dude, if anything, those feelings of shame and resent, uh, not resentment, remorse and sh- and guilt are worse now because I'm even more afraid to make to do something stupid because I got the kids, got the promotion. Um, I'm expected to be more or less an adult. So you're not just a 20 something year old dude throwing it to the wind. Right. So it's very infrequent. Um, but it's more of a routine now. It's more of a routine. Like I said before, of like end of the day. And here's the thing is I, I'm very conscious of when I'm drinking and when I let myself drink. If I, if I have the feeling of like, man, I'm really stressed out right now. I could really use a drink. Immediately, the other part of my says, other part of my brain says, well, now you don't get one because that's not why you should drink. That's something to be ashamed of and regretful of. So now you don't get a drink. Calm yourself down first, and then we can feel good, and the drink can continue to make you feel okay or assist you or like, hey, good job slowing down and, and slowing your thoughts down and, and calming down. Now that you're at a baseline, it's okay to drink. It's not a, it's not like a red flag anymore to be drinking too make yourself not feel bad. Does that make sense? That's a tough one to kind of articulate, but I'm very aware of that. So, um, I try to be super aware of why I'm drinking, uh, the things I do to cope and all that stuff. Um, like, man, I'm losing my train of thought again. Cause I'm now I'm thinking of times where I've <laughs> specifically had to do that. And, um, it's tough, man. Like it's very difficult to do because, because it's easy it's easy to get emotionally overwhelmed and then just reach for a drink. Um, but the, the shame and the guilt on the other side of it is so bad that I, it, it's not easy. It's easy acutely, but not after a few hours. I don't know. So it's, I got to get back to my notes. I do. I brought my book for a reason. And if you, if you uh, see the title on this, it's called jittery scribblings of an over caffeinated introvert. Um, it's true too. Same with drinking coffee, same with whatever I'm doing. I don't know, man, I'm losing, I'm losing it. We're 21 minutes in. I'm in the new space. I love it. It's quiet. I can think. Uh, but this is a tough topic because alcohol is obviously just a part of the fire service. Um, so is depression. So is anxiety. So is suicide. So are all the bad things. So is weight gain, obesity, um, there's lots of things that are part of the fire service. Doesn't mean that they, since they've been there for a long time or since they were accustomed to them, that they're the best things. I mean, I made my affiliate with affiliation with um, athletic brewing. I love that stuff because it gives me the ritual and the feeling of drinking. It tastes like beer. Um, gives me that signal of like stuff's cool. Everything's happy and fun time now. We can have fun and do stuff, but not completely kill my productivity. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I wrote I wrote down enough stuff to get me started on this talk, and I wanted my my mind to kind of run with it, and it's running, but it's not running in a productive way. So I'm sorry for that. Let me get back to my notes. So it's right now, it's societal, it's a routine. Um, oh, I think the reason it's such a routine is because now what I've turned it into, um, after a long kind of overanalyzing myself, is instead of saying I'm going out drinking to forget or to cut loose or to ignore my problems I've turned drinking into like okay if I'm drinking because I've practiced not drinking when I'm stressed and like as a coping mechanism now my mind says if I'm drinking it's because I got nothing else to do um, I'm safe it's time to relax and I'm already having a good time and this will help me have a gooder time so that's why at night now I like a drink I don't like drinking during the day because I'm not to that point yet I like drinking at night because that tells me like, okay, day's over, chill out, you're safe, your family's safe, there's nothing else to do, you don't, you're not going to be productive, you already worked out or you didn't, the haze in the barn at that point, um, but now is your time to mentally, it's like a checkpoint in the race of your head, checkpoint, go through a checkpoint and you're, you're there, right, it's the wind down part, and I suppose it's just a ritual and a habit, ritual and habit thing, right? If I start subbing something else in at that time and build that signal around something else, I would assume that the actual thing of alcohol is less important and the signal being sent is more important. It just depends on if I want to do that or not, right? So maybe I do have a couple athletic brewings a night and that sends a good enough signal where I don't need three or four um, tequila drinks, um, which sounds bad. But again, I'm not drinking. It's whatever. Don't judge me. I hope you guys got something out of that one. If nothing else, maybe you can um, commiserate with me with my feel, my Catholic guilt that persists in my near 40s. I'm 38, not 40. Near 40s. Um, I know I had a lot more notes here. I did a really bad job referring back to them compared to the last episode. Do you guys like these YouTube things? I kind of like it. I kind of like doing the YouTube thing. Um, I'm excited to have guests on and do the YouTube thing, especially in the studio or back in the union office or something like that. I think it'll be pretty cool. So I think I'm going to stick with the YouTube thing. If you guys like the show, I'm wrapping it up. I feel like I've, I feel like the start off strong, 14-ish, talked about alcohol, got some information out there, but I feel like I'm losing my, losing my train of thought way too often. Don't want to waste your time. Thank you guys for showing up. If you like the show, dude, I lost my thought talking about losing my train of thought. If you guys like the show, go to the buy me a coffee button. It's on the YouTube link on the website on the podcast link on like Apple, Spotify, whatever. Uh, hit that and donate as much money as you want. Appreciate it. I hope you guys like the new studio. We're going to try to build that out a little bit. going to go talk to that guy now about uh, some stuff. But I dig it. Thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out. Talk to you guys soon. Let's all keep working on being more capable and durable both on the job and away from it. Before shifting.